Hello and welcome to my B2B podcast. I'm your host, Troy Hooper, and I own and operate a farmer's insurance agency here in Caldwell, Idaho. I created this podcast to spotlight business owners and leaders to share their story and tell us about their business, the who, the what, the when, the why, and the how of it all. And if you're listening and are a business leader, my hope is that you will gain some great nuggets of knowledge from our guest that will help grow your business to the next level. And so with that, let's get into the interview. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of B2B Growth. It's your business. I'm your host, Troy Hooper. And today I get the pleasure of talking with Dr. David Heron with Treasure Valley Chiropractic Spine Management. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Troy. Well, we're just this is gonna be a really fun episode because talking about your back <laughs> business. That's what we're gonna be going after. But before we get to that, I want to ask you. Where are you from, and how did you get here? You bet. Um, well, I am from Western Oregon, so hopefully no one listening holds that against me, but um, I did come this direction as, as soon as I can. I grew up playing a lot of baseball, actually, and played in the Treasure Valley during college, uh, back when it was Albertsons was our our kind of uh, our nemesis in the league, and uh, so I knew it was oh, an area... What's the, I went to Western Oregon University. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, and my wife is from this area. So when we met, it kind of made sense for me to come this direction. And um, so that's kind of how I got from there to here. I, I actually spent the last 14 years in Central Oregon, where I started my practice after graduating from Logan College of Chiropractic in St. Louis. And then um, and then after met met my wife, we came this direction. So... That's kind of how we got from from there to here. I always kind of knew I liked this area. So, what did you do before all this? Because um, you're fifteen this, years, fifteen years yeah. as a chiropractor. Yeah, exactly. Yep, fifteen years, almost sixteen, I guess now. Uh, so before that, um, I was playing baseball, going to college, not really sure what I was going to do, um, but I did have a lot of different work experiences that I think uh, I gained value from. Uh, just probably seven or eight different, sometimes seasonal jobs. Um, so I did a lot of different things. I, I was, I picked a golf range in the little cart people try to hit. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Um, I worked at an assisted living place, worked for my dad at a pizza store. Um, you know, in each of those, I kind of learned different things that I think uh, I gained value from. Sure. You know, now. Well, and then we flash forward to one day you said to yourself, I think I'm going to become a chiropractor. Um, tell us about that process. What what made you interested in the spine, for instance? Yeah, um, well, I think part of it was in, in baseball, I was always a manual, hands-on type of, I mean, everything you do is, is eye-hand coordination. And so I knew I would want to do something in that realm using a hands-on approach to things, but also I like to help people. And I had had experiences with chiropractic in the past, helping me continue to play sports. Um, I was already in kind of a health major, but didn't really, I was thinking maybe I'll go into coaching. Um, so I was kind of going down that path, but, but I think when I finally decided, okay, I'm not going to go pro in baseball. I got to figure out a career here. Um, 
I was in a class as a career development class, just a one credit class. And they said, pick a career. And I don't know why at the time, but I happened to just pick chiropractic. And as I researched it, um, I realized I like the idea of being self-employed, being my own boss, right. the independence, the flexibility. I can help people with what I do. Um, now you could have just went to a, another chiropractic office and worked as an additional chiropractor, right? Yeah, I could have. Yeah, exactly. I think most of my colleagues did that right out of school. Um, very few took my route, which was to graduate and take over an existing practice. Um, so that was a big leap instead of starting from scratch or most people going in, work for somebody for a few years, then go out on your own. So I kind of jumped into the mix, uh, taking over a clinic. Yeah. So tell us about what you do. I mean, I'm looking at your at your website and I'm like, you got a lot of stuff on here that you do that needs explanation. You got some explaining <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, well, I think, um, boy, I should pull that up and see what all I've got on there. <laughs> um, I can list them for you. <laughs> uh, my thought is that I think I'll kind of start with my basic philosophy in addressing people. I think that listening to their needs is number one and trying to uh, find out what their issues are, what their concerns are, and then try to fit that to whatever tools are in my bag. And so the different things I do probably come as a result of desiring to help people in different ways, different uh, treatment methods or skill sets that at some point along the line, maybe I didn't gain in formal school and I had to go to extra conferences and learn how to do some things. Um, or if I just can't learn everything, which is the case uh, for everyone, I think, um, knowing who around here does do that and where I can send people to. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of a broad explanation. Is there something more specific you want? Oh, uh, I could, we could narrow it down by, with this next question. What makes you stand out from your competition? What do you do different or better? Okay, yeah. Um, well, I think kind of along the same route, um, I do listen very well. In, in, in the initial consult in history, um, people feel heard. And I think that's a, a foundation for building trust. And I've been told quite a few times that uh, – you know, they've, they've been to other doctor appointments, other chiropractors, and maybe haven't really been listened to. So I think that makes someone feel special and, and individual, and it's genuine. I enjoy doing that. Um, as a specialty, though, I've taken probably, oh, 500 or more hours of continuing education training in personal injury work. So right. mostly car crash injuries, understanding the uh, the mechanics of uh, the crash, the dynamics that happen with the forces involved and what that does to the body tissue, how it heals, how it doesn't heal, and how to manage those cases. So that's really my specialty. Um, and trying to kind of quarterback those cases on uh, how to best help someone first in my office, but then, okay, do you need some pain management? Do you need um, medical intervention? Do you need a massage or acupuncture or, or those different um you know, therapies that, that can support what I do. So that's, and then I document that very well. So if, if it becomes a legal issue, they're going to be taken care of appropriately and compensated justly. So, so that would be like the main specialty. Okay. So, and, and I, and I'll just throw, a, I'll just throw a plug in here now that you do listen very well. Um, I think that there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, 
no, I don't say a lot. There's some negative connotations out there about chiropractors, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. These guys are a bunch of quacks or whatever, and they don't know what they're doing. But I think some of them prove that theory because of the way that they treat people. You're right. And instead right. of coming in and just, you know, really listening and getting to the the, the heart of the problem, yeah, that, that makes a huge difference. So, that's yeah, I mean, to speak to that a little bit, that's something that does bother me about my profession. Um you know, for so many years, we didn't have any concrete, um, like evidence about what we did. We just had like anecdotal stories and people said, well, I feel better. I know it works. Right. Um, it's not just like a belief. It's, it's something that we can say, okay, well, if gravity works, if you can't just step off a building, you're going to fall off. So if chiropractic works, it's not just a belief. It's what is it that does that? And we have some pretty solid, um, research now about how the neurological system works and how we can impact it. Um, so I like to focus on that. Um, but yeah, something that bothers me is, is, uh, in the profession, we have, uh, some guys that use fear tactics They'll, they might over, um, exaggerate someone's problem and try to sell them on a whole bunch of visits. Um, they may not practice an evidence-based model, uh, do some, some wacky stuff that, uh, is hard to explain. Right. And, you know, for some people, maybe they jive with that and they're like, well, I don't need the, the proof if I feel better. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, I, guess for me, I like to stand on, uh, on firmer ground most of the time. Yeah. Let's walk down that thread a little bit. What, what do you feel, what do you feel is going right in your industry? And what do you feel is, is your guys' greatest challenge? Ah, good one. Um, I think going right is that we are aware that we need to educate the public more effectively on our role, our, our path in spinal care. Um, we're trying to gain credibility through uh, post-grad training that's legitimate, that's even um, medically credentialed, not just chiropractic credentialing. Right. So it's, it's, I think we're trying to convey a more clear message about what we do, because um, that's been long a, a problem for us all to kind of get on one concise page with things. Um, so I think, I think we're improving on that. We, we still have a ways to go for people to understand, but um and along with that, trying to, um, there are some that don't want this, but trying to collaborate with other uh, health professionals to help our patients and not just hold on and say, I can do everything you need in my office, but recognizing everyone kind of has their place. Um, yeah. But I, I know there are some that, that hold a very strong philosophy that chiropractic is all you need in your life and there's nothing else that you need. And I'm, I'm not leaning that direction. That's I think a little too pompous uh, to, to claim that. So I think that that can, it can hold to, I don't know how to say it. It, it can be helpful in that a, a belief that you're going to feel better can go a very long way. And that philosophy, I, I certainly agree with. Um, but if it prevents someone from, you know, going to the emergency department when they're having a gallbladder attack, that's a problem. Right. So I think that's probably one of the downsides of going too far with with really any one philosophy. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. So, and I'm, I think I might bounce back and forth between these two things, but let's let's jump to the business side for a second because you you walk in, you're okay. I've got a profession. I'm a chiropractor. But now I've got to scale my business. What what sort of things have you done for marketing? Uh, maybe that have worked, didn't work. Uh, trying to scale your business, get your name out there. Um, yeah. So like over the last fifteen years, um, I've I've tried a lot of different things. Uh, 
initially, like I said, I did take over an existing clinic, which uh, as a brand new student, I had to string together three different loans to be able to, to have the funding for it. So that was kind of a challenge. But uh, right. um, so so having a base to work from was nice. It, it kind of helped. I had young kids and, you know, wasn't married for that long. So I'm like, I'm kind of compelled to just step up and do what I got to do. So that was my motivation. But um, working with a base of patients already was helpful because I could, um, you know, internally market to them. And that's more of my natural um, wiring is to work with word of mouth referrals right. and, and fa family and friends. And, and that comes through treating people right, um, being genuine and, and recommending things they need, not what they don't need. I did get a little tied up though, for a few years in the idea that I needed to be on the cutting edge of excuse me, every kind of technology that came out within the profession, there's always new gadgets and gizmos and therapy options. And um, I kind of got it, on that give bandwagon. Give an example of that. What, what, what um, about, like? Yeah, let's see. So, and, and not to knock them, they're really, they're cool devices, but um, I thought I had to identify with this marketing. So there's like cold laser therapy or low level laser therapy is one. Um, it does some phenomenal things. Uh, pulsed electromagnetic frequencies or these PEMF devices that do like electromagnetic pulses. Right. Um, there's a, a whole bunch of different specialties too. There's like uh, this Cairo thin weight loss program that has, you know, nutritional and all these different aspects that you really uh, well, it's focus like a on. holistic type approach type thing. Yeah. And, and I like those. I, I mean, there's so many good things that different directions you can go. Um, but I kind of realized that while I did a lot of marketing for those, oh, another would be spinal decompression, which they have these machines to try to kind of decompress uh, disc bulges and herniations um, right. to, to try to avoid surgery, for instance. Um, the, there's, I think the, the problem for me became if I tried to sell technology, um, it wasn't uh, inherently authentic for me. Um, I needed to be myself. And that's kind of what I felt like set me apart um, rather than having a bunch of people come in for this one cool new technology and stay for a month and then leave, you know, at yeah. the end of that. I would rather um, try to help people throughout their journey with their spine over time and, and kind of manage things just like, oh, um, exercise, eating well, you know, just kind of a holistic approach in that way. So uh, I don't really want to, necessarily see someone three times and then never again um i also don't need to see someone 30 times in two months um i don't need that either i want to find out what works for a person and so that's kind of where my marketing builds around it just takes longer to scale that yeah and, and i think that just listening to you say that this is what really stood out to me in your profession and and in some sales professions even you're not wanting to do a one transaction type sale Correct. And, and yet you don't, you're not wanting to unnecessarily sell them a bunch of stuff one time either. Correct. So you're wanting to develop relationships that every time that they think, Oh, my back's hurting or something's wrong. I gotta, I gotta get a set an appointment with my chiropractor. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're constantly needing to be out in front of people for that new stuff, but it's what you do in those first sessions that really will impact if they stay with you. Right. Exactly. So exactly. Yep. The, the very, from the very beginning, that's where I tried to develop that relationship, that, um, that feeling of comfort and trust. So the experience can grow from there. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Are you a member of any organizations like 
Um, well, there's like the Idaho um, Chiropractic Association um, would probably be the main one. That's did those help your business grow or? Um, they can. I probably could utilize them more. I mean, um, other than that, the Chamber of Commerce here in, in Caldwell, I'm a, a part of. Um, so yeah, got a plug. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 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 starting to get more involved there. Um, I do get a little bit. Um, it's kind of interesting. I love working one-on-one -on -one with people, but in groups, I get a little bit clammed up. So I'm still learning to go to more of the the uh, morning coffee events um, and some of the lunch uh, events. So I'm getting there and I'm trying to get more brave with that. So that and that would be. I think I was gonna I was gonna joke about this. I think there's two types of people that are gonna listen to this interview. One's obviously gonna be a business leader, um, but on the second aspect of it, it's gonna be a potential client. And, and listening to you talk about, you know, I'm not the get out and, you know, here's my business card and how you doing today and blah, blah, blah. but you, you see the importance of it towards your business because yeah. you want them to come in and you want these people to go out and talk about you and your business. Yeah. And that's true. So I sometimes need to um, practice some discomfort and get out of there. And, and I will do that. Uh, some days I'll head out. I kind of have Wednesdays tend to be my day where I have a little chunk of time where I can do some administrative managerial work and or go out in the community and um, I'll stop by and say hi to different um, like spine management professionals oh, like at West Valley I've stopped, stopped by there or uh, physical therapists in the area. Um, so I'll, I'll do some of that and just kind of hand out business cards or try to say hello and meet them in person. Yeah. And every now and then I'll stop by in businesses and, and try not to be awkward or detract from their business and say, Hey, I'm just want to introduce myself. Um, but I think the forum that the chamber uh, invites, it's all built toward that. So I think uh, I'm recognizing I can kind of not have to do something where I'm going into a business they're busy. They're trying to serve customers. I don't want to detract from that. But if I go to a chamber event, it's like, hey, this is what we're here for. So go here for it. <laughs> note, second plug for chamber. <laughs> Do I get a t-shirt or something for that? We'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Um, what's As far as employees, how many employees do you have right now? It's just my office manager and myself right now. Okay. In my previous clinic, I had uh, seven or eight generally. And how did you find employees back then and how did you keep them? Um, so I had, I did use services back then, whether it was, um, I don't think Indeed was out back at that point, maybe. 15 years ago? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. If they were, I wasn't aware. So at, initially we did Craigslist um, or word of mouth. Sometimes yeah. we knew patients, knew people, we were there for a while. Um, and to, and to find them, I did go through several interviews, interviews with people and just really tried to find someone that clicked, I think mostly on a, just like the chemistry was, was right. The feeling of the experience in the clinic was going to fit. Um, because I I believe that if you get the right people on the bus, you can kind of train them on what position best fits. Right. Um, and while I do definitely love the qualifications, um, that that was kind of the first most important thing for me and finding the right person um and and then to, to try to keep them happy through you know continual communication checking in with how they're doing finding out what their concerns are kind of on the ground level right um and then incentivizing when possible and, and kind of whatever structure that looks like 
But in this case, in, in this clinic, um, Julie found me. She noticed that I was really busy one day, came in and, and uh, just took the initiative and has both massive qualifications and is amazing with people. So I just, this time I got lucky, uh, honestly. I, I, it just all kind of fell into my lap. So now my job is just to keep her happy. Smart move. Well, let me let me continue that line of thinking. As an entrepreneur who's obviously involved in your day-to-day -day operations from your own books, marketing, all that stuff, or do you find a value in outsourcing those kind of tasks? Um, I do find value in it, but um, I like being involved in the day-to-day. -day, so I, I don't at this point, well, I guess I do outsource my payroll to QuickBooks, but I'm intimately involved in how that all goes in and how that's approved. Uh, so yeah, I could see value in it, um, especially locally, you know, if I can find a CPA that, that makes sure my books are good and, and that sort of thing. But uh, mostly I keep it in house, um, you know, with like billing and insurance, that's a real complex thing. And I, I think having a pulse on that's important in the medical field. My, my wife's going through trying to call people every week at this one office where they've outsourced everything and she just can't get any straight answers. And so, um, yeah, there could be that there's a downside to outsourcing is what you're saying. I, I think it, it probably depends just on the, the size of the business too. For me, I, I haven't really been compelled to consider it a whole lot as a smaller business. Um, but if, if I were larger, I would, I would probably just have to evaluate where that, how that looks. Yeah. I'm going to throw you a two part question. Number one, because anyone who is an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, whatever, what motivates you? What what makes you get up in the morning and say, today's going to be a great day. I'm going after it and everything else. And follow up to that is, who are some of the influencers that you follow? Um, like, mm -hmm. you know, mentors, do you have a mentor or, or, you know, type of books that you read or what? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, Early in my career, I was motivated through a what I would call an unhealthy fuel, which was being compelled because I had a small family to support. Right. Now I've realized that a healthier fuel is curiosity and fun. And I look forward to getting to know people and learning from them and, and sharing different experiences. So that kind of motivates me. I'm like, what am I going to learn today? Or how am I going to be able to help someone? Or what can I learn from them? Um, so probably like a, a curiosity about what could happen today um, and and this and kind of a, a satisfaction of being able to help someone uh, that feels good. That's rewarding for me. Um, not that it happens every single time. That wouldn't be realistic. But, um, you know, majority of the time it, that that motivates me to to help people. Um, and then um, what was the second part? Who are some influencers that you follow or books oh, you read or? Um, Early on, uh, years ago, I, I liked to read a lot of different business books. Um, like the E-Myth was a good one for me to learn about the different roles or, or parts of a business that you need to have yeah. in hand. Um, and But I, I've always also always been into the personal growth field. So I, I like I listened to a lot of Tony Robbins stuff early on. Um, oh, who else? Boy trying to think of some of the, the other business books and, and personal growth more, more recently, actually, I, I read a book called um, on my own side. It's uh, a guy uh, named uh, Aziz Gazapura. And he wrote a book about 
it was more on the internal work and just kind of um, making sure that you're good internally and so that you can more effectively um, help others. And um, I don't know, that's probably one of the better personal growth books that I've read for me at least. Um, just kind of a, a way to become more assertive and uh, powerful in yourself. Um, man, I love books. I have a huge library of them and I'm trying to remember some of the others. Um, but you do a balance between personal growth and business savvy, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I, I try to get, um, I, I read some nerdy research articles too, I guess. Um, but yeah, I look at others. There's some influences in my profession. I worked for a, a guy early on in school that was pretty, um, you know, passionate, motivating a guy named Dr. Brimhall. He was, um, he was really good to learn from as a mentor. Um, I took some good things from him and um, yeah, balancing that kind of your, your technical work versus your inside work that, that is important. Um, just being in the right mindset, I think for anyone. Yeah. yeah there's a, there's always a phrase uh, you can either be working in your business or on your business and you need to mm. choose which one's going to, you know, actually take up your time. Mm. So if you had somebody or somebody's listening right now and they're saying to themselves either a, I want to be a chiropractor or B, I just, I want to start a small business of some sort. What's some advice that you would throw out? What's the, like maybe one of the biggest nuggets you learned years ago or, or yesterday? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of, Hmm. I think finding your passion, following it. Um, and I really clearly identifying what that looks like for you. Um, I think the more clear the picture that will drive your engine and, and motivate you to, um, you know, find the reason you're here, why you're, what you can serve, what you can offer uh, the world. So I think finding your passion and just being authentic within that, uh, for me, that's uh, been a, a big realization that I just had to kind of accept that and not be something I'm not. That doesn't mean, you know, growing outside and learning other, other skills, but, um, uh, you know, and, and wherever energy is expended, you will get outcomes. So even if it seems like it's, you're spinning your wheels just to keep working at that passion. So that would probably be like a more general nugget that seems to, to sit well with me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any others right now. Well, what you talked about passion, that was, that was a big one for you starting out once you identified what you knew you wanted to do. Yeah. Everything yeah. started to align. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I know that that path can sometimes shift. For instance, I love helping people with their physical health and their spinal mechanics and everything there. But there are times when some people um, really break down emotionally. They've been through a physical trauma. It's really stressful. Mm -hmm. And I've always wished I could help people with that as well. So I'm actually doing um, right now a master's program in, in clinical mental health counseling. And I want to integrate that in a few years. I don't know how yet, but it's also always been a passion. I like the personal growth field. So um, it doesn't have to end right where you, you know, right where you start doesn't mean, okay, I'm only going to stay in this lane forever. Um, I think life can kind of steer you along and being open to where that flow leads is, is also important. Um, sure. So I'm going to throw out this last thing because you, and you kind of said it, 
a couple times throughout, but I'll, I'm going to give you a chance to say it again. What just what do you love about what you do? Um, I love the experience. I love interacting with people and learning and growing, and seeing someone come in in a certain way in my office. Usually, pain you can see it on them, um, and seeing that most of the time turn a 180 or at least improve when they leave. I, I'd love to see that. Um, I love to be optimistic, but also real with people and, and talk about what they're feeling and what they're going to expect. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I love to see is, is change. That's cool. Well, Dr. Heron, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. I really enjoyed the, the things that you added. Thank and you. I would really uh, just, I'll, I'll throw it out everybody. Here you have it. Um, if you want to get to know a chiropractor who is wants to get to the root of the problem, wants to listen to you, wants to bring you on a, a journey to your health, you need to call Treasure Valley Chiropractic Spine Management. That's a long, you just need to call this Dr. Heron, okay? <laughs> yeah. we, we usually just say here. Treasure Valley Chiropractic. <laughs> 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 But definitely thank you for coming on the show today. I really thank appreciate you. what you had to, to give us. And again, it's been B2B Growth. It's your business. My name is Troy Hooper as your host. And thank you for this coming to this episode. 